0: What are we doing tonight, Brain? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Nerf! You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Max. Hey,
1: guys. Welcome in to another episode of the 2M Football Show. With you here, like every week, is Mike.
0: Hi, Mike. Hey, who are you? Uh, well, I go by the name of Matt, but some people like to call me Matt.
1: Very strange. How, are you, doing? How are you doing this week?
0: Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Um, as we're recording right now, my air conditioner went out.
1: Oh, that's exciting.
0: Uh, it is unbearable. It's a good thing, you know, this is an audio show. <laughs> i am not camera ready
1: i think i hear the sweat dripping onto your keyboard
0: i don't appreciate those subtle remarks but you're absolutely correct that is what that sound is
1: oh well, cool good to be with you matt and good to be with you the listener uh, this week on the 2m football the show
0: listener, the one person
1: that's why i said listener singular not
0: plural <laughs> that, that's awesome i commend you for that humor we, we know our
1: audience of one
0: you, you, may, you may be the funny one one of these days
1: uh, yeah, we take turns, right? You you three times, and then me once, and then we. <laughs> At
0: least you know where your place is.
1: Uh, yeah, this week on the show, we are going to discuss franchise tags and all the players that uh, had the tag applied to them for the 2020 season. Um, give okay, a break. I
0: believe there was 11 or 12 of them.
1: Yeah, so it should be a nice quick episode, right?
0: Uh, well, it depends on how much you talk. I know you do. Once you start, once you start the gums a flapping, there is no stopping <laughs> that train.
1: But yeah, that's what today's show is going to be all about: is the franchise tags, um, and then we'll discuss each player, talk about how, if we think they will end up signing a long-term deal with their team after after they play out 2020 under the tag. Uh, but before we get into all of that. Matt, what? to piggyback off of the question you asked me last week about what I do for a living when I'm not at crunching football numbers, I wanted to throw that question back your way. and so to, uh,
0: to answer that question with the question, are, am I giving you the piggyback ride or are you giving me the piggyback ride?
1: I think I'm the one doing the piggybacking, so you are giving me a piggyback ride. That seems
0: like that's a much more realistic situation. <laughs>
1: Not comparing you to a pig or anything, but but yeah, I think
0: so. Hey, okay, now I feel like you are. Now <laughs> I feel like that that changed it. Um, what do I do for a living? So, despite the fact that football is my lifelong passion and something I really enjoy, um, I currently work for a flooring company. It's it's you could call it a big box retail chain, but it's it's newer to the Chicago land area and is known as Floor and Decor. I am the resident. Installation expert, so I am the assistant manager currently of the installations department. My job is to know how to install all of the products and know the details of all the products that we carry. And we carry things from hardwood floors, engineered wood, vinyl, laminate, tile, stone, and a bunch of decorative materials, as well as all the tools and products to install all of them. Nice. So, what we have customers that come in both professional contractors who just need to get stuff and get out, or they need to know what's on the trend or how to work with some stuff, and then everyday homeowners or DIYers. So it's it's part of my job to help the team get caught up and understand all the new stuff. We just had a new tile come in, the new connection tiles. Um, so today I spent a good chunk of my day just playing with them, understanding how they're installed, working with them so that. I can be called about 20 times a shift and Matt, we have a question, Matt, we have a question, (laughs) Matt, can you come over to installation? That's usually how my day goes.
1: Well, I think you had made the comment last week that you might not be able to do uh, what I do, which is programming. um, For those who don't remember from last week, but I would definitely say the same thing. You're, I could not do that job either.
0: It's, The department I'm in now is a lot more, it's not as physical as some of the other positions, but it's very much a a cognitive department. I'm constantly problem solving because people are coming in with issues and Mm -hmm. I need to know how to take product knowledge, experience of both mine and things I have learned from those much more experienced than I, and use that logic to kind of chain it together to come up with a solution for these clients. Um, but I am on my feet. I average about anywhere from eleven to fifteen thousand steps a day. I no longer keep tracked. Wow! Um, as a matter of fact, I will check my phone, and my current total today was twelve thousand six hundred forty-two.
1: Impressive!
0: It's the the calves are aching.
1: <laughs> I bet I usually anywhere from one to three thousand, probably.
0: And you that's are. You are nailing it. That's yes, I my, I would have to say my job is much more mobile, and that's what I really enjoy about it. I yeah. could not sit behind a computer or a desk all day and stare at screens, even though I do that when I get home, from the time I get home to the time I go to bed.
1: Well, at least you don't do that during the day, too, because I do that for work and then after work. from the
0: <laughs> Pretty much nonstop. I love your screens.
1: I do love my screens. And on that note, Let's get into the meat of today's episode.
0: The meat mm, sandwich.
1: And I, I guess before we actually jump into the players, um, we should give a brief overview of what the franchise tag is. And there are actually a couple of
0: Brief different- overview. Mike, if I showed him a screenshot of the notes that you sent me for this, they would be <laughs> like one of those maps where you got to coordinate the freaking dots.
1: It's not my fault I'd paste it pasted in. 50 point font for some reason
0: (laughs) like i know i have eye issues but like geez like i think my neighbor hey hey can you read this yeah (laughs) yeah they they said they can read it
1: okay good um but yeah really quick on the 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 franchise tag and to be perfectly honest i learned a bit too while i was doing this research (laughs) because i was like wait there's two different kinds three different kinds of franchise tag and and basically, all it is essentially what it boils down to is when a team doesn't want to commit to a long-term extension for a player, they can apply one of a couple different t- kinds of franchise tags on that player. They retain the rights to that player for it's a one-year contract, uh, fully guaranteed, and they basically delay the decision another year of whether they want to hold on to this player long-term or not. And that's essentially what it like. That's the the bones of it. Now, there are a couple of different kinds though. There's a non exclusive tag, which guarantees the player the average of the five largest prior year salaries for players at that position. Um, and this one's over the past five seasons, so it might be slightly lower than if you just looked at this season. Um, and w- under the non exclusive tag, players can still negotiate a contract with other teams, but their team can match any offer that they might receive and they get kind of that first right to to retain them right and this is the one that's more commonly used there's also the.
0: this is probably what two-thirds if not more than that
1: yeah i think i think the vast majority use the non-exclusive tag yes but there is an exclusive one uh that's uh and it ends up paying the player a bit more i think that's that's why it's not used as much, but they get the salary equal to the average of the top five at their position this year, instead of an average of over the past five years. So Mm -hmm. in theory that'll usually end up paying more money. Uh, And under this tag, they cannot negotiate with other teams. So they're locked in with their current team. So it pays them more money um, to, to disallow that negotiation with other teams. Uh, And then there's the transition tag, which is a, a, the third kind and under Which the we transition, of them, sure. we do yeah and that's how i that's how i first heard of it i was like wait a sec tra- tra- transition tag um but under the transition tag the player is paid the average of the 10 highest at their position this year and they can also negotiate still with other teams but just like under the make sure i get this right just like under the non-exclusive franchise tag the current team still has the right to match any offer they receive and cool. yeah and that's about it and the, oh there's also some draft pick compensation and honestly I, I didn't it's
0: the first that. first or second or first and second round pick for the uh if you match isn't that if you match like another team's offer
1: i think it's a yeah if they apply the tag but end up losing the player then they get draft picks as compensation under the transition tag there is no draft pick compensation right so, yeah, that's it. Just to get some terms to find out there right at the gate. And then also in doing this research, because we're going to sort of predict whether we think they'll lead to long term deals or not. There, um, Due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, there are some implications of the uh, salary cap for next year.
0: Right. They're, they're no, I think it's projected to drop a little yes. bit. Those who opt out are basically getting a stipend, which is a chunk of next year's money in advance.
1: Right. And and the reason this is relevant to this discussion is that uh, they might, if teams have a, with a lower salary cap, obviously that means they have less money to spend on player contracts and stuff. So we don't really know how that's going to end up playing out. But it could definitely impact re-signings next year, potentially. So, with all that out of the way, who's our first uh, player here?
0: So, ironically, the last one that you brought up, the transition tag, starts off our franchise tags as our only transition tag for the year for the Arizona Cardinals, and that was running back Kenyon Drake, who was picked up from Miami and about, mid, about mid-season, right, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was.
0: Um, which was an interesting acquisition, given the fact that later that year too, two, Arizona benched David Johnson for Kenyon Drake after a stellar first game with them. Um, but to round out his 2019 year, he played 14 games, had 817 yards on 170 rushes, which averaged about 12 touches per game, and ended the year with eight touchdowns. So not not a bad year, not a, not a great year, not a stellar year, but you know a, a reliable year.
1: Yeah, and the the Cardinals must have liked what they got from him um, because they it looks like he's in line to be the starter again this year. Like you mentioned, they traded away David Johnson, who was the incumbent starter. And as far as backups, they still got Chase Edmonds there, who was a fourth round pick back in 2018. Um, but outside of that, they. They picked uh, in the seventh round of this year's draft. They they did pick up a running back, Eno Benjamin, uh, but you know seventh round pick, not expected to see the field much this year for sure. And Drake Our injury, right? Yeah, or infection. But uh, Drake is only 26 years old, and in Miami he never really had the starting job all to himself. So he has, I would say, less mileage on him than a lot of running backs by age 26. And if he produces at that same level again this year as a full-time starter, I I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him get a two- or three-year contract in in 2021 and beyond.
0: I mean, to Uh, cut David Johnson, who was, you know, big as a rookie with Arizona, second year had a a wrist injury that unfortunately sidelined him. And then, I don't know, he started last year phenomenal until that ankle injury flared up on him. mm -hmm. And... Like you said, there's really not much backing him up. So I think this is just a making sure they they know what they're getting out of him before they start hashing out money.
1: Right. And the only caveat to that I'd say is that the the free agent class at running back next year is pretty loaded. And obviously some of these players will re-sign with their current teams. Uh, but just in terms of players whose contracts end after this season, you got Todd Gurley who's on just a one-year deal. Gus Edwards, who's been really productive uh, with Baltimore. Joe Mixon, he's he's one that will almost certainly be re-signed, but you never know. Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, just really quick here, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Chris Carson, Tevin Coleman. Those are all players who are scheduled to be free agents next year if they don't go back to their current team. So Arizona could always look at who who doesn't re-sign and, and pick from that pool potentially too, but uh, I think if Drake – Show shows continues his success in this offense in this Cliff Kingsbury scheme. I don't see why they wouldn't
0: bring him back. Makes sense to me. I mean, I I really believe this is just a uh, just a tag. It and make sure that we're gonna appropriate the right amount of money to somebody. But they wouldn't have they wouldn't have traded or cut their their draft pick if there wasn't something here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On to that, then is. The Baltimore Ravens linebacker Matthew Judon started 16 games last season, had four forced fumbles, five and a half sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, and 33 quarterback hits. Pretty good for a defense that's hungry for always hungry for more.
1: Yeah, and just a quick correction there. It says nine and a half sacks. I think you just read your notes wrong.
0: I I didn't have it in 50-point font like your first note, so
1: I may have to <laughs> that, change. That was your mistake.
0: What did I say, nine?
1: It was nine and a half. He said five and a half.
0: I said five uh, and a half? Well, yeah, that means I just can't read then. I have no excuse.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. Just have, blow up that font and ask your neighbor to read it.
0: Hey, Ted.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Judon will turn 28 this year. Uh, he's been a really consistent player, actually. He's had seven or more sacks in each of the past three years. And the uh, Ravens, for as good as that defense has been, their um, overall their pass rush hasn't been that strong. They actually blitzed the most out of any team last year uh, by a 10% margin, which indicates to me that they don't have that much faith in their edge rushers to get pressure on the opposing QB without that extra help of throwing in the blitz. Uh, but Judon is the one guy who is producing.
0: Well, I think that's going to change, though, this mm-hmm. year. I mean, they've got Derek Wolf now and Calais Campbell.
1: Yeah, Campbell especially is a huge signing.
0: But I see your point. Continue.
1: Oh, yeah, that's it. I was looking on Track, however you say that, uh, and their projected contract value for him would be four years and $65 million, uh, which would be roughly $16 million a year, which seems like kind of a lot.
0: It may be a lot but at least you know what you're getting I mean that type right. of level of consistency exactly yeah you're not losing anything at that. you know he's he, he's playing you know a solid linebacker position so yep
1: and that's what I wrote down consistent consistency that's something coaches and GMs both love to see you know exactly what you're gonna get out of your player um, so it's probably worth the money and uh, yeah that's all I had on him I think it's a yes.
0: I foresee it. I foresee it. Salary cap pending. Right. Um, yeah, the okay. only thing that makes me wonder is um, in the first and third rounds, are two two new linebackers were drafted, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, to fill in some of those positions along Matthew Judon. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But behind them, there's not a lot of names that I'm recognizing Chris Board, LJ Fort, so it's kind of Matt's job or job-slash-contract to Mm -hmm. lose. But barring a major injury or a huge drop, I think he's got another three, four years there in Baltimore.
1: Cool. Yep. Agreed. Next up, this is a good one. Um, Wide receiver A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals. And last year, he uh, he played nine games. Caught 46 passes for about 700 yards and six touchdowns. Oh, sorry, not last year. Uh, that was in 2018 because last year he actually tore some ligaments in his ankle in the preseason in July and ended up missing the whole year. And, and actually 2018, as uh, I mentioned, was only nine games played that year because he had a toe injury about halfway through the season. And he tried to come back after missing a few games, but re-aggravated it right away and, and ended up on higher that season too. So he's played a total of nine games in the past two years. And he turned 32 this offseason. A lot of times that drop off uh, age for receivers is, is around age 30, which was the last time he was healthy. It, as of now, it seems like he's on track to play this year. Um, and, and I'll let you... Get a word in here, Matt, but to me, it seems like the team is sort of getting ready to move on from him. They drafted.
0: It it feels like that. I mean, there was some buzz because apparently, during, you know, teams have started padded practices finally, which is a huge gap. Um, and during practice, they noticed, you know, A.J. Green grabbed his hamstring and was massaging it and then stopped a little early, and everyone was like, oh, no, oh, no, A.J. Green, did he hurt somebody? He hurt somebody? And it turns out that they were just giving him some rest, making sure that everything's all good. But I tend to agree that I feel like if there is another deal, it's going to be a very short-term deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think with the ushering in of a young new quarterback – it ushers in sort of that wave of youth in a team. They want the team to be able to grow together. And AJ is going to be a huge help to Joe Burrow, but will he be there come 2021? I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I I don't foresee it, but weirder things have happened in the league. Unless AJ Green has a stellar year and makes it like really hard for them to say, well, he had this really great year and was injury free do you sign him to a four-year deal? You know, thirty million dollars, and then next year, week one, he goes out for a year. I mean, it's hard to predict injuries, but I only see another year, maybe two, of Green in Cincinnati, and then we'll see where he goes from there.
1: Yep, agreed. And you mentioned the, the sort of the youth of this offense uh, with Burrow. They also drafted receiver T. Higgins in the with the first pick of the second round this year and just overall in this receiving core is a bunch of young guys you got john ross there he was a first round pick a couple of years ago uh tyler boyd has been producing in green's absence uh and he's so he's the one who sticks out now at this point and so i and I, I do think he'll be okay this year i if he can stay healthy i do think he'll produce like you said he'll be a great help for burrow as he learns the ropes and sees what it's like to play against NFL caliber defenses. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in my mind, I don't really see them bringing him back next year. Uh, I I do think he'll continue his career, go to someone like new England for a couple more seasons.
0: You know, what's really weird is that was the one team that popped into my head. (laughs) I feel like that's where receivers go or that's where players go.
1: Right. Players that the rest of the league has discarded or or moved on from like (laughs) him, which we'll get to. Uh, And it, the next episode. Well,
0: what made me the, laugh, and I know this is an interruption, but what made me laugh is it's the opposite for the Chicago Bears. Chicago drafts players, writes them off after a few years, and then they go to other places and have stellar, stellar careers. <laughs> and, like, here is, like, the New England's the opposite. They take those washed and worn and players with a lot of miles and, like, watch this. And it's like the Belichick breathes new life into them. Right. And you're like, that was the guy that they drafted like I don't know a century ago.
1: <laughs> no, he's still in the league. Oh wow, that guy's good.
0: Yeah, right. So, sorry, I just had to point that out cuz that just popped in my yeah, head. That's a good point that we both point. went to New England as the next possible road step.
1: Yep, yep. Um all right, so I think we're agreed both on the fence about Green Next up is a guy we've talked a lot about on the show already in previous episodes, Dak Prescott, quarterback. I never, thought, never
0: the thought I'd be hyping up a cowboy, but. Right.
1: Uh, but yeah, I'll just briefly recap what we've said about him before is he's got an insane supporting cast on offense. He's got a top five offensive line, a crazy deep receiver core of Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup and the rookie first round pick Ceedee Lamb at wide receiver. Uh, a lot of people, now that um, Jason Witten's gone, a lot of people yeah, are kind of about...
0: the the one, the one person that was on, the only cool cowboy for a long time.
1: Well, now he's a Raider, so he's even cooler. Did you see that picture of him uh, in, his, in his Raiders getup?
0: I, I, I don't know how that decision got made, but proceed.
1: Um, now that he's gone, a lot of people are hyping up Blake Jarwin, at least in the fantasy community at tight end to have a big year and then of course you've got Ezekiel Elliott. So
0: hey, I know then, that name. Right.
1: Then add into all that this year they've got new offensive minded head coach Mike McCarthy. I know him too. Yeah, we're familiar as Packer fans and and Dak himself feels he has a lot to prove. He's he's doubling down, making the bet on himself again uh, that he'll have another huge season and be and get that monster contract he's been after next offseason. And I think it's going to work out fine for him.
0: If the Cowboys don't pay him, somebody's going to pay him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anything else? I think that's a pretty cut and dry one.
0: I mean, I just want to see – I just want to see what he's going to be can do. I usually am not a Cowboys fan at all, but I am on the DAC wagon this year. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So behind them we have my – As Mike, you called it, I am the current, this year's expert on the Denver Broncos. Yep. Uh, Safety, Justin Simmons.
1: Mm -hmm. I said, that's your team.
0: (laughs) That is my team. That is the fact that we have a a bet going on. For those who didn't see the last episode, uh, Mike and I got into a little heated debate over the, the AFC West over who would have the most wins of the teams. Obviously, Kansas City taking the division, but behind them... I said Denver. Mike said the Chargers. I think he's an idiot and wrong. Mike thinks I'm dumb and just don't know what football is other than a thing that, you know, you kick around. Well, that was, that that, that
1: was just to be clear, that was true before we made the bet, too. I already thought you were an idiot, but moving on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> harsh, harsh bud, bro. Um, Tell me about Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons played in 16 games last year. He had four INTs, 65 solo tackles, two tackles for a loss, and zero quarterback hits. So a little bit down on that, and I'm trying to pull up something here. I'll fill the time.
1: I'll admit this is not a name I was familiar with, um, but he was Denver's third-round pick in the 2016 draft. And actually he was uh, pro football focus's number two rated safety last year. And he's really great in pass coverage. And also in defending the run, the biggest knock against him, against his his skill set, is that he's not that great of a, a blitzer or a pass rusher, which you can kind of see reflected in the stats, right? No quarterback right. hits all season. A lot of
0: he's uh, only had three over the course of his career. Eight tackles for a loss, and he's had a total of two sacks. So he's definitely more of a of a, I would say a, a almost a lockdown corner almost because he's had he had fifteen defended passes last year. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely, like, he, he's going to be used more against the receivers than, than coming in, like you said, for run support, for edge rushing, stuff like that. So yep. I think it comes down to scheme this year, how he's going to be utilized. I mean, I don't see a lot of depth uh, backing
1: right. him up. I think we talked about um, last episode that the, the Broncos, not a, he's not a safety, but they lost Chris Harris in that defensive backfield and uh, um, Simmons is just seems to me to be a very solid player, and, and barring some massive drop off this year or injury,
0: I mean you know, he's I got think. a lot of help in AJ Boye and Bryce Callahan. Yes. But behind mm-hmm. Simmons, number two is Douglas Coleman, who was who was believe undrafted this year when they took him. Mm. Um, but you have Kareem Jackson, you have Trey Marshall, and PJ Locke, the third that are the other that are in the safeties. Um, but there's only Simmons and Coleman, who are listed as their free safety, so there isn't depth really behind him. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's weird when we see stats like this of why they choose to use use a franchise tag. I think they're looking for a in his staffs. So maybe yeah. get a couple of sacks in there would uh, would help getting them more on a safety blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to come down to scheme. So I actually I know this is cheating, but I don't know how to call this one because I personally don't see. A lot of at fault here right but at the same time we're not in the locker room or we're not in the coaching meetings where they're discussing these things we're not part of their front it, office
1: they didn't invite you Ooh, um, I,
0: I, I reached out to elway nothing uh, back oof. Um, maybe he thinks i want like a jersey or something maybe he's you know sick of giving out autographs so you know
1: uh anyway, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't I don't really know what to think. He seems like a really solid player. Uh but if they're looking for something more dynamic, then they might uh be trying to groom that behind him this year and then move on next year without having to give out that big contract. So, we'll have to see on this one.
0: I mean, he could help anchor that uh that line a bit more. I mean, you have Miller and Chubb that's really Jason Alexander's a good uh inside linebacker. You know, but your your ends of Gerr Casey and Shelby Harris, I mean, they're fine. They're not, you know, the greatest in the world, but I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's a scheme issue or what's going on. But you know, like I said, we're not always in these front offices to hear what their talk about is. Unlike a different player later on our list that I know why he's on the franchise tag list. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, but before we get there, next up, we've got Jaguars defensive end Yannick Ngakwe.
0: I was really seeing if you would nail that name, and you did. And I am did I? Okay,
1: cool, thanks. <laughs> and he played in 15 games last year. He actually had an interception, I see here on the stat sheet. That's pretty cool. Um, six pass deflections, four forced fumbles, eight sacks, Let's see, 13 tackles for loss, and 15 quarterback hits. Um I think in terms of on the field talent here, there's no question. He's an impact defensive player in each of his four years in the league. He's had eight or more sacks and he's actually averaged four and a half forced fumbles each year.
0: I mean, I was just going to throw in there. Now that the fact that, you know, Clay is Campbell's gone. He is the anchor of that line.
1: Yeah. And couldn't, another thing with the consistency is that he's only missed two games total in his four years in Jacksonville. Uh, but the interesting thing here is that he's made it very clear that he does not want to remain in Jacksonville and <laughs> he's been demanding a trade all offseason. Um So back in March, after he was tagged, there's a period of time where uh, they can still negotiate a long-term contract after the team tags him. Uh, but when those talks fell through, he said ever since then that he's not willing to stay in town anymore. So as of, as of now, this recording, he hasn't reported to training camp, and he seems to be holding out for a trade.
0: So that's a no on the signing next year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it certainly seems a <laughs> well at least with Jacksonville, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that, that, that's a shame that, that Jacksonville couldn't make it work for whatever reason because mm-hmm. there's nobody on that line to anchor the way he could with Campbell gone. So we're going to see that Jacksonville defense take a massive back step.
1: Yeah, it's so sad. We talked about it last show too, but a couple, of, just a few years ago, they had they had Ramsey, they had Boye, they had uh, Calais Campbell, they had Miles Jack. You know, they had such a strong they had Blake Bortles. Like, <laughs> we're not talking about Blake Bortles today.
0: <laughs> if you remember, though, let's go. Let's go way back down memory lane, Mike. Remember, I was on the Blake Bortles train.
1: Hey, he could get the ball to Allen Robinson back when those two are together. I'll say that. <laughs> I think he's a backup in LA now, right? For the Rams,
0: I believe so. Bortles is still there, my boy. Bortles, okay. you're listening. You're my boy. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. I'm absolutely. I mean, don't all the all the big uh, big stars? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to finish that. Sentence. <laughs> I don't know if Bortles is a big star yet. Um, But But if some injuries happen, Portals would start over Goff. Anything else on the conundrum that is plaguing our Jacksonville defensive end?
1: Nope. That's all I got. It seems like uh, there's there's just about a 0% chance at this point that he'll come back to Jacksonville. Uh, But I'm excited to see where he does go because he's a great player.
0: I'm going to be the Price is Right jerk, and I'm going to say there's a 0.1% Drew. (laughs) <laughs> Chance that he gets resigned. Okay. Now no, it's time to move on. Why do you want to talk when I talk? Can I talk, please?
1: <laughs> oh, fine.
0: The LA Chargers. Hey, and my play- my team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This team that some 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 nut thinks is gonna all of a sudden stampede through the AFC West. Wouldn't
1: the Broncos be the team to stampede?
0: Well, I mean what are they gonna do? Charge through it? I think that's a little too easy there. <laughs> okay. Fair. That's like what's the definition of a charger? It's someone who charges. Like, come on now.
1: Oh, I, I thought their logo was a cell phone charger. Am I wrong about that?
0: Um, well, here's the question. If it was a cell phone charger, would it be an Apple or an Android? Well, for
1: me, that would be an Apple Charger. They're not an official sponsor of the podcast, but let me just say that I'm an official fanboy and I have almost every product that they
0: currently have on the market right now. <laughs> the only reason I got an Apple is because it didn't alter my phone bill.
1: Nice. And I'm glad you did because now we can iMessage instead of just texting like, uh, like regular people.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I don't know how long I'll have it. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so the Chargers and their tight end. Mr. Hunter Henry himself is next on our list here. He played 12 games last year. He was targeted 76 times, caught 55 of those for 652 yards, five touchdowns, and a fumble.
1: Not bad. Um, But you mentioned he only played 12 games, and I have written down here that he, in his four years, he hasn't yet played a full season. He's had various injuries nagging him every year outside of – 2018, when he missed the entire season. But a little bit of the injury bug has, has bitten Henry his whole career so far.
0: Especially because he was slated to take on such a major role on that offense.
1: Right, coming from Antonio Gates. And, and last year was his most productive in terms of both receptions and yards, though he did actually score more touchdowns, eight in his rookie season. And it's going to be interesting to see how the quarterback transition affects him because this will be his first year without Rivers at, at QB.
0: It's going to affect the whole team without having Rivers under center. I mean, you just have a whole different beast in uh, in Terod Taylor. Absolutely. But I think Henry should, if he, as long as he stays healthy, give give him another target to throw to. So I think we should see a lot more of him in the passing game.
1: Yeah, and, and that's probably true with Taylor, but I think it's going to be especially true if and when uh, their first-round pick, Justin Herbert, takes over whenever that happens. Because, you know, every young quarterback – uh, loves to have a nice, big, nice, solid pass-catching tight end that they can throw to in the middle of the field, get some of those easier completions than throwing it outside.
0: Absolutely. Anything else on Hunter Henry? Uh, what do you think? Heads or tails, yes or no?
1: I'm going to say if he stays healthy the whole season and at least matches last year's production, I, I bet they'll, they'll want to keep him around. But if he gets hurt again and, you know, keeps sort of adding to the injury-prone label that's that's starting to uh, attach itself to him then i wouldn't be surprised to see them cut him loose
0: think he'll get picked up relatively quickly by another team maybe a tight end deprived team
1: for sure i could see him going to i feel like pittsburgh has a revolving door of tight ends they're trying out someone different every year seattle yeah yeah that's a good one too so his career is not over by any means but
0: potentially over in terms of la potentially wouldn't it be funny if he went from the L.A. Chargers to the L.A. Rams?
1: It would be, it would be. But like that, it's not it even
0: about the same divi- like the the same, same like city, like and it's two different divisions in the same city.
1: Yep, and actually, that's the situation someone uh, later on in our list finds himself in, which we'll get to. Little uh, little preview. I don't
0: know. I don't know if I
1: could do that. And lawsuit.
0: And the podcast is over, everyone have a good night This
1: was a great five episodes, I've really enjoyed my time
0: He <laughs> absolutely nailed it <laughs> Five episodes in and our first lawsuit We're, we're ahead of the curve Alright, um, moving on to the, the, to, the, to the northern tundra of Minnesota Where the raiding Vikings reside A name that actually, I think most of us do know Safety Anthony Harris um, Is on for the Vikings franchise tag this year Mm-hmm. 14 games started, six INTs, one return for a touchdown, one fumble recovered, 35 solo tackles, one for a loss, and one quarterback hit.
1: So and Six interceptions, actually, were tied for the league lead in interceptions last year.
0: So pretty big. Well, I don't want to say pretty big stats on paper, but they're kind of up and down. Like, the interceptions are great and only one tackle for a loss and one quarterback hit so it's like we see where Harris excels and we see where he really does not
1: right great against the pass uh, but maybe not as good of a run supporter as you would like for your starting safety or a blitzer and he the Minnesota doesn't have too much invested in him yet he was signed with the team as an undrafted free agent back in 2015 Um, and interestingly The Vikings draft picks this year actually included seven defensive backs, three of whom are safeties. So that there doesn't bode well for Harris, in my opinion.
0: Uh, I would say no, considering that he was tied 43rd for solo tackles, tied 67th for a number of times he was targeted, and tied 70th in terms of qualifying safeties for allowing 11 receptions. Hmm. But – is Overall, like he has defense. a 90.5 rating. His run defense is 66.9. Uh-huh. Pass rush is 67.5, but where he excels, which the stats do show, is in coverage. He's a 91.6. So to me, he's more of almost like a DB versus a safety.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. You do see players uh, sometimes transitioning between those two positions.
0: But I don't know. I mean, they may have drafted a lot, but maybe it's, it's could be depth. I don't know. Let me me pull up the Vikings depth chart here and see kind of what we're looking at behind him. If there's anybody of note Vikings, they did
1: lose a lot of players uh, that were starters on this defense last year to free agency uh, that went to other teams. So uh, the rest of the defense around him and of course the other safety, all pro Harrison Smith, outside of those two guys, there are a decent amount of new faces there. So.
0: It looks like they probably added for death because it's all in, in terms of our lads. They have the blue, which is most of your starters or your veterans. And then green is going to be your newly drafted rookies. And there is a lot of green in that secondary. Hmm. All right. So, so
1: you're saying maybe they keep him for his uh, tenure kind of uh, in that defense?
0: I would say so. I mean, I mean, the stats are good. He's a great coverage safety, but he's not utilized in that run-stop close to the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. type scheme. He's clearly a good coverage safety. Yep. Um, So maybe that's where they're going to keep him, or maybe he transitions from safety to cornerback. You know, we can't predict things like that because coaches often like to play things close to their chests.
1: Sure. Uh, As for me, though, I'm going to predict a no on this one. I think one of these rookies probably steps up and uh, to the extent that the coaches feel comfortable letting Harris go rather than uh, giving him a bigger contract next year.
0: If he is let go, I would say we could see him in Cincinnati where that secondary's taking a big hit. Oh, the Jets, maybe no, the <laughs> Jamal Adams out of town. That would be a good spot, yeah. Uh Jacksonville potentially. Maybe even Indy. Sure. You know, it's hard to predict where players wind up when they're let go. There's just no seemingly no rhyme or reason for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially uh, just for us being I don't want to say casual fans because we're more than casual fans, but I don't—I know way less about defensive schemes and where a guy like Harris might fit in than I than I do about the offensive side. So it's hard to say.
0: Definitely a cover two um, or cover three type defense. He's a lockdown safety, which means he's going to support the corner. I don't know. It'd be interesting. So that's why I think. I mean, it'd be weird, but Seattle, Philadelphia. Um, New Orleans would be a good defensive scheme. Maybe the Rams. But they all have pretty decent secondaries. So I know the one that is banged up, though, is is Cincinnati. On to the one team that nobody really wants to talk about because it feels like we talk about the same thing over and over. And then once again, even without mentioning Tom Brady, the Patriots are the frontline news headquarters again. Uh-huh. Whether Brady's involved or not. But it's talking about an offensive line player, Mr. Joe Thuney.
1: Yeah, he's a guard for them. Uh, it was a third-round pick back in 2016. And he's actually started all 64 regular season games since then and all 10 playoff games. So he has not missed a game for this team since he was drafted.
0: He's the number 5 ranked guard overall, 88 rating on a pass block, which is third overall, 68.7 on run block, which is 15th. So little slow at the run block, but definitely the guy you want protecting your side when you are passing the football.
1: Mm. Uh, And yeah, he's been a really solid player for them in the past two seasons. He's only been charged with one sack allowed. uh, And he's played over a thousand snaps since he was last flagged for a holding penalty. That's so, impressive
0: for an well, offensive lineman.
1: Right. <laughs> right, yeah. I said last flagged because everyone holds. <laughs> but the important thing is... Didn't Whether get you cut. get caught. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't have much else to say about him. seems like he's been a really solid player for the, on this offensive line, and and I'm projecting him to get a long-term deal next offseason.
0: Are you thinking that it was because of the, the uh, New England's cap space at the time?
1: Could be, potentially. I know they're running close to it, and... Um, I believe he has expressed that he wants to stay in New England. um, And so maybe that's why they felt comfortable doing this this year, franchise tagging him and then working something out next year when they've got, um, you know, less, fewer contracts on the books potentially, or can rework other things to be able to keep Thune around.
0: Makes sense. All right, now we get to an interesting player: the New York Giants defensive end Leonard Williams, who actually played on two different teams last year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they were both in New York. Ironically, yes. So he started off the with the jet with the Jets. Wow, Jets and Giants. How much closer do you get to not mess this up? Especially for me, a guy who needs fifty point font to read. <laughs> started seven games for the Jets. Had one pass defense, five quarterback hits. Which, pretty good in seven games, you know, nothing flashy, nothing outstanding. I mean, it is the Jets' defense now. However, what really impressed me when I looked at when he flipped over to the Giants, everything doubled. Like, his whole game came there. In five games with the Giants, he had two pass defended, a forced fumble, a half a sack, 13 solo tackles, two tackles for a loss, and 11 quarterback hits. Mike, he almost doubled everything
1: hmm wow <laughs> yeah uh it looks like the move was probably good for him um however those still when you compare those numbers to other guys who were top 10 picks i don't i would say williams hasn't necessarily realized that potential yet
0: but could he now
1: that's the question and, there and is I think
0: move, that's why he's franchise tagged
1: yeah right and there's a brand new coaching staff in the giant uh, for the giants including a new defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, who was himself a former defensive line coach before being elevated to coordinator. And uh, it, it seems like Williams has bought into the scheme. There's a lot of excitement in town about, uh, about what Williams can do there. And I think he knows too that he needs to have a big season to earn that contract and avoid the, the dreaded bust label for a draft pick as high as he was, which was sixth overall.
0: Any more, any final things? Cause I'm really excited for the next guy.
1: <laughs> Let's just get going.
0: All right. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know why I have a good inkling or I'm pretty sure. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Linebacker, Bud Dupree, those who we're talking about. And I have a feeling I know why he's franchise tagged and why they haven't signed a long-term deal. Look at the stats. I mean, out of 16 games, three pass defended, four forced fumbles, two of them recovered, 11 and a half sacks, 49 solo tackles, 16 for a loss, and 17 quarterback hits. Mike, if I'm reading the same news you might be reading as long as there's pictures involved. Um, okay. Isn't it due to the fact that he wants to be paid the same price as a defensive end? An edge rusher.
1: Right, he's trying to, right, because the amount of money they get under the tag, is that what you're referring to, is based on what position they're classified as?
0: Yeah. And I believe the big debate as to why he wasn't signing a big deal is because he wants his position label changed. Hmm. Based on those stats, those are the stats that a DE would normally have. Not a linebacker. Linebackers would have a ton more tackles.
1: And probably fewer sacks,
0: yeah. But... Dupree's got a pretty good burst of speed off the side. And if yeah. he's being utilized in Pittsburgh's defensive scheme as an edge rusher, it only makes sense that you want that money.
1: For sure. Um, and and last year was his most productive season. He's been with Pittsburgh since 2015.
0: You've got mail.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and do not disturb mode. Um. Where was I? He he was a first-round pick back in 2015. He served out his four-year rookie contract, played out his his fifth-year option, and that was last year, which was his most productive season by far. And I think a lot of that has to do with him being in that edge-rushing role now and having T.J. Watt on the other side for him. And these two have been an amazing combination together uh they both had double digit sacks last year and that was Dupree's first season over 10 sacks in a single year um so i i definitely think you're onto something with that being more of an edge rusher and not a de or inside linebacker
0: and you are you're a pittsburgh fan right
1: i yeah i follow this team pretty closely I actually uh wrote about them for a website a few years ago back before marriage and kids took up all my time
0: <laughs> wow
1: but yeah so i've been following him since he was drafted and um he there were a lot of high hopes obviously being a first round pick especially but i i definitely think that he's a guy they should keep around he's he is already 27 years old as he's entering his sixth season but there's i mean if you look at the depth chart there's nothing behind him right now and if you just look at this team as a whole they've got an aging ben Roethlisberger, you got to think they want to keep their window of being a contender open as long as possible for him, for, for you know, for Big Ben's sake. See if you can get him to the big game one more time. And the strength of this team has quickly turned. It's it, they used to be a big offensive team back with, you know, Antonio Brown, The killer B, exactly. Yeah, Brown, Bell, and Ben, and obviously two of those three are gone now. What? They've got some good juju going on. Oh. <laughs> so, in my opinion, they should try to keep this defense intact because the defense has been kind of the rising star.
0: I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to re sign him. I hope they do. Another person I think is going to get re signed is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is linebacker Shaq Barrett. Uh, played 16 games last year, had an interception, two pass defended, six force fumbles, 19 and a half sacks, 45 solo tackles, 19 for a loss, and 39 quarterback hits.
1: That's Pretty such good. an insanely productive season. Uh, he actually led the league in sacks. Uh, you mentioned he had 19 and a half. Do you know how many he had total in his first four years?
0: Wasn't it like 10?
1: It was 14. Yeah, good guess. Uh, and and yeah, and he had more than significantly more than that in just last season alone.
0: And this is one, like, I wasn't 100% sure on Bud Dupree's situation, but I do know for a fact the fact that Shaq Barrett has not reached a contract agreement is because he wants to be labeled as a defensive end because they make much more than a linebacker. Okay. And I think that if he has a similar season of this, he should be awarded that position or that label or that pay, whichever, you know, however it works in the contract front office. Um. But he himself has said that that's what he would like, and that's why he's being tagged with. He was happy and signed the franchise tag, and I think it's because like a little bit like Dak, he's betting on himself. I can do this again. Watch me.
1: Right, and it seems like a good bet, uh, given that last year was the first time he got a chance to really start. He was in a rotation with – because obviously Denver has a couple of great pass rushers that he was stuck behind on the depth chart. Uh, and Von Miller and Bradley Chubbs. This, that was his first chance to really be in a starting role, and he took full advantage. And I agree with you. like, he, um, I don't see any reason he shouldn't do the same again this year. We've got the defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, and he's across from Jason Pierre-Paul. So it's another team that's got a very strong one-two punch at the pass rushing position, and I am expecting more of the same success for Barrett. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And if he does, it'd be crazy not to lock him up long term.
0: If they don't, somebody will, and that's like—it's funny how that's the case with a lot of these people. But when you get a good, well-rounded player like this, barring injury, Mm -hmm. if they don't, somebody will absolutely hand them that deal. Agreed. And last but not least, we end out with the Washington Football Team with outside guard Brandon Sheriff. Well,
1: sort of, sort of least.
0: (laughs) Wow, just kidding. Not (laughs) least in terms, though, of. Guards, because he was the ninth overall, 28th in the pass, in his pass block percentage, and fifth in his run block. So Mm -hmm. very good run blocker, which Washington's going to need. Pass block?
1: Uh, Yeah, he's not a bad player, though. He's been to the Pro Bowl three times. uh, He was actually injured uh, partway through the 2019 season. I had a shoulder injury and actually had surgery on it this off season. So he should be coming in to 2020 fully healthy. And he's been very vocal himself about wanting to stay in Washington and finish his career there. Not too many guys are saying stuff like that at the moment. So they, (laughs) they rebuild, uh, they're going to want all the continuity they can get. With Ron
0: Rivera there, I think more people are going to want to stay. That's a, that's a good
1: point. Yeah. He's definitely changing. I
0: want to play for Ron Rivera.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, especially after what happened last year with the Trent Williams situation and, and losing his, Talents on that offensive line, uh, I think they're going to want to keep him around. And the fact that he wants to stay there, maybe he'll even take a slight hometown discount. Who knows? Uh, But I'm going to say a definite yes on Brandon Scherf.
0: All right. And I think that wraps up our uh, franchise tag evaluation. Much more interesting than I thought we thought it would be.
1: Yeah, we were talking before and we're like, okay, so this should be a short episode, right? And I think it might be our longest. And just want to say, just be totally upfront about the fact that we had to record this in three separate sessions because of
0: oh no see the magic of our editor was supposed to hide that
1: there's only so much magic this editor can pull and i don't know how different the audio levels are going to sound um
0: but mr programmer my ass
1: if it sounds good i can cut this whole part (laughs) but (laughs) so we just need
0: to leave awkward pauses in between everything and we're golden Perfect.
1: There we go. We're so good at awkward pauses.
0: (laughs) So I want to thank everybody once again for another fun-filled episode. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Make sure to uh, review the podcast, leave some stars so that we can be more hyped up out there so that more people can recognize us and we can continue to spread our mediocre analysis. (laughs) Yes, please. And we will see everybody in the next time. Until then. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.